0: South Africa's news and information leader SAFM. Now the Department of Energy says that South Africa is becoming more and more dependent on imported petrol and diesel Nearly half, that is 45% of the country's oil comes from Saudi Arabia A further 23% comes from Nigeria, 18% from Angola, 4% from Ghana and the balance about 10% from other sources According to the Department's Deputy Director General uh, Tsiriso 4 billion litres of diesel and 1.2 billion litres of petrol were imported last year. On the forum at 8 this morning, we ask. Why is South Africa over reliant on fuel imports rather than looking at alternative sources? And uh, we'd love for you to weigh in on this conversation. As always, 0891 104208. That's the number you can uh, call in on. And you can also send us SMSs to 34701, Twitter, Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Now, joining us for our conversation uh, this morning, we have Mr. Musium Kize, who is the chief director of the hydrocarbons policy at the Department of Energy. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Mr.
1: Mkise. Good morning, uh, Saki, and good morning to your listeners.
0: And we also have with us this morning Mr. Abafani uh, Chifularo, who is the Executive Director for the South African Petroleum Industry Association. And thanks as well for your time.
2: Hi, good morning to you and our listeners.
0: Now, gentlemen, let me just start by asking the obvious question here. Are we over reliant as South Africa on fuel imports uh, as it stands at the moment? Let me start with you, Mr. Chifularo.
2: Well, based on the numbers that you have just um, uh, mentioned in your introduction, that uh, relates to something like 20% of the imports of of finished products. And uh, clearly, it means uh, more than. 80% 80% or about 80% is still locally produced here uh, from our six refineries in the country. Um, if you compare South African situation with other markets, let's say for instance Australia, uh, you will see that clearly we are not dependent on imported finished product. Of course, if you are talking about crude oil, yes, indeed because South Africa is not I mean, one of those I mean, countries that's blessed with, I mean, uh, crude oil. We do import, I mean, almost 99.9% of all our crude oil. But if we're talking about finished products, I would say that the situation is still fairly okay. Uh, We can still import more as it stands, because in other markets, of course, the economics plays a critical role in all this. In other markets, you'll find that people are importing far more than what we're importing uh, as it stands.
0: But given uh, that we are now in an economy that's looking at alternative sources, cleaner uh, sources of energy, should we not be looking at other sources, uh, alternative cleaner fuel sources uh, for our supply at the moment? Why are we still looking at the same old tried and trusted methods, uh, Mr. Mukize?
1: I would say that um, we are doing that but uh, there's limited scope. I think as uh, uh, FAN has already articulated, the fact that we are importing crude oil, uh, let alone the product. This even gets worse when we now need to import products. Uh, Save for the um, production of um, fuel from coal uh, using the uh, coal-to-liquid technology of Sasol. As well as the gas to liquids in uh, in Mosul Bay by PetroSA, the national oil company. The rest of the uh, petrol and diesel that we manufacture in this country is based on imported crude oil. So far, the only hope uh, that we have—it's uh, at, at a massive scale—will be getting let's say we if we get gas uh, locally uh, produce uh, gas and we as we're trying also looking at biofuels you know the challenges that we're facing with regard to shale gas and we keep saying that um, if uh, shale gas can be uh, can be exploited in a manner that is environmentally uh, as well as uh, not uh, harmful to, to um, human health and safety, then we will be able to have a, 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 a big change, a transformation of our, of our landscape in as far as energy supply is concerned. And therefore, that is why we keep referring to that as going to be a game changer for this country. It's not that we are just sitting on our doors, we are looking at alternatives.
0: And apart from shale, guess uh, what are the other alternatives that are possibly out there that South Africa could uh, potentially look at?
1: The others um, include um, our own uh, uh, looking at our own shores in terms of uh, exploration. You, I think, you've uh, some people have heard of the reports that uh, Total and uh, its uh, partners are looking at. Um, Gas on our on our shores in the Padavesi area, uh, that is um, of, of, of the coast of um, the the south coast in uh, in in the uh, Western Cape area, that is in the in the going from Mozambique into the sea. So there is hope that there could be some fines There, in as far as crude oil is concerned, that will also. Uh, change the situation, but f- still, the challenge would be a need for us to then consider the construction of a new refinery. As uh, Petro has spoken about Mtombo and we know that some of the things have filled it out, uh, they still need to be a relook at that. In when one looks at the increase in the in in the imports of of, of um, finished product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll have to consider that.
0: And uh, talking about this uh, new refinery, what would that actually, at what cost would it come, uh, Mr. Cifolaro?
2: I don't think I'm the right person to uh, respond to that question. I think Mr. Mkhize is the relevant person representing the shareholder.
0: All right, Mr. Mkise?
1: That cost, uh, in, in the... The refinery that was put forth in the beginning was about 11 billion uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, One would expect that with the inflation and uh, the cost of uh, doing business or running such projects around the world, the figure would have gone up by now. But um, all I'm saying is that um, at some stage you cannot move... uh, End up, for example, with 80% uh, reliance on imports. At some stage, that decision will have to be taken. As articulated also in the NDP, is that um, that a decision around that should be taken around uh, 2017, I mean, at at least, or at the latest, to say which way do we go as we see the imports going up. Because there are risks that. attached with the issue of uh, importing product, for example the congestion in our ports becomes a challenge as well as the fact that our even our existing refineries mm-hmm. with the with the, the the audit that was made was, was done uh, in twenty uh, we uh, we found out that uh, the production is, uh, there, are, there are a lot of these disruptions you know unplanned shutdowns so with those if you've got that that, and you are relying on imports, you, you, there is an issue of energy security that one will have to consider in the overall if these imports keep increasing.
0: And as we speak today on the 3rd of September 2014, at what cost would that refinery come?
1: As I've articulated, that, that uh, refinery was an estimation of... Uh, 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 11 billion U.S. Uh, dollars, so it's a matter of uh, doing the escalation factors and, and going back and looking at how much that would cost.
0: Mm. But,
1: but we know that uh, already that uh, uh, there they are costs that one will incur, high costs, if we don't have the fuel in, available in the country.
0: And uh, uh, what is this, uh, of what benefit is this going to be to the consumer? If you are speaking to the consumer in layman's terms, how will this benefit them at the moment? Um, Mr. Chifularo?
2: Well, you mean the uh, constructing of another refinery? Yes. Well, I don't really see uh, what are the um, financial benefits to the motorist, except to say at least there will be improved, maybe security of supply, as far as like I mean, cutting the the import pass-off of finished products. Um, remember the government said the prices of petroleum products in South Africa on the basis of uh, a mechanism called uh, import parity.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: uh, that has no relevance as to whether you've got a refinery in the country or not, because the assumption is that we are importing substantial volumes of these finished products into South Africa. Uh, that is the case to ensure that I mean the local refineries are able to compete with the rest uh, of the world, because they are competitors as far as I mean India who are able to supply uh, into our market here. So import. It, it balances that. So um, I think nothing is going to change from what you see today. The, the prices will continue to be adjusted the way they are, and um, at least we will be, in a way, eliminate some of the risks that uh, Mr. Mthughey has I mean, identified of uh, over reliance on importation of uh, finished products. I think that's the benefit that I see for the motorists.
0: Well, this morning on the Forum at 8, we are asking you, why um, do you think, rather, uh, South Africa is over-reliant on fuel imports? And if so, what do you think the alternative sources are that we should be looking at as a country? If you have any suggestions in that regard, or any questions that you'd like to pose to our guests this morning, 891 104208. that's uh, our call-in number. You can also SMS us on 34701, or you could tweet or Facebook us at Line on SAFM. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Why is South Africa over reliant on fuel imports, and are there alternative sources that we should perhaps be looking at as a country? Our guest this morning, Mr. Musium Kize, uh, Chief Director of Hydrocarbons Policy at the Department of Energy, as well as the Executive Director for the South African Petroleum Industry Association, Mr. Avafani Shifularo. And uh, your calls are welcome. We'll take them now. I'm sorry that we couldn't uh, go to them before the break. Oh eight nine one. One zero four two zero eight. You can SMS us on three four seven zero one, and you can also tweet or Facebook at AM Live on S A F M or at Sakina Kamwendo. Let's look at some of those um, messages uh, if we can very quickly. John says, "Good day." The ANC is only looking at money that can be made by this. And other projects. Look at the copper trade, the rhino horn uh, trade, drug trade. The ANC is making billions out of these things. With the ANC, it's all about how much money they can make. That's from John. This one says um, we can. We can cut fuel imports uh, by up to 10% by lowering and enforcing all speed limits. That's interesting. Zuki in the Eastern Cape says, Mercedes-Benz produced a battery-fueled car which could have saved South Africa. Is it true that major oil producers bought the formula to silence the inventor? And then uh, this one, Unsigned, says, We have oil and gas fields in South Africa and off our coast, but we don't have a uh, forward-thinking mentality and depend on handouts like the rest of Africa and Eskom. We can only learn from the great Americans who have become self-sufficient and exporters of oil, gas and petrol. Your guests don't have a clue. Zola says, what steps are being taken by our government regarding biofuels and what are the disadvantages of these biofuels? Ndima uh, M. Torti says, can your guests please unpack the benefits of having a sassel? And uh, another one says, um, uh, no, it's the same one about biofuels But um, there are more There are Facebook comments I'll come to those in a moment As well as the Twitter comments uh, But I do want to get comment from our guests Before I come to the lines um, uh, Maybe I could just ask you Mr. Mkise, uh Very quickly um, About some of the comments there Particularly uh, the benefits of having SASL in South Africa
1: Okay uh, the handout one, I won't um, uh, the, the one of uh, ANC, I won't even uh, uh, bother myself to... to yeah, that's a, to that's a
0: comment. That's a comment from John.
1: Yeah. And then the other, The when it comes to handouts, we are not as a country relying on handouts. These few, uh, uh, the fuels and the oil are bought by the companies that are operating in, in South Africa. When it comes to Biofuels. Biofuels. We had engaged with the uh, the stakeholders to develop a biofuels risk regulatory framework. Uh, some will understand that the challenge, the biggest challenge with biofuels, is that on their own, they are not financially viable, and therefore they need to be subsidised. We've been working on the subsidising subsidisation uh, m- subsidy mechanism, and that. Uh, has not been easy because we had to look at various uh, issues. Among the issues was to ensure that we get the best value for money and when it comes to the rent spent uh, vis-a-vis the economic uh, uh, ben- development uh, benefits that we derive from that. So that work is uh, uh, on the go. We are meeting in the as part of the biofuels uh, task team and the revising that uh, regulatory framework, and I think there would be announcement made uh, uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the benefits of fossil, the first benefit is one of um, jobs, uh, which we know, and the, the beneficiation of our coal in the country because they are using low-grade coal to produce uh, liquid fuels and other pet- petrochemicals, uh, including. Alcohols, you know, of which are used in for for different purposes. So there there the is a, a level of benefit that is being provided to the country, and then it has also expanded. If uh, you look at it, that I think in the world is about thirty five countries were used we have a form of social representation in one way or another, and then also providing uh, some downstream uh, jobs. But in as far as fuel is concerned, they, as I said earlier on, they they, they form part of the indig- indigenous sources of fuel when it comes to making, f- producing fuel from, from coal. Mm-hmm. In terms of the price, the price uh, in the country is uh, import parity-based. And um, as you see, that the, the imports going up uh, in the country, it further... I mean, argue in favor of maintaining that import parity pricing. So, people may okay. not see that benefit in terms of the prices at the pump, but there are many other benefits that we derive from the existence of SOSO.
0: Just on a point of clarity, so if we're talking about import parity pricing, uh, we are looking at importing uh, crude oil, yeah?
1: If we're talking of import parity pricing, we are actually talking of The products that are sold in the country are considered to have been imported, even though uh, in reality some of these products are not necessarily imported. They are manufactured um, locally because we are actually a net importer of these products. So that is how you, you factor in the mechanism if you've got a regulated pricing system because they are deemed to be imported.
0: But 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 that doesn't make sense just purely on a logical level because if you're using coal as opposed to importing other products, surely there should be a price benefit to that. At least logic dictates that.
1: I think um, yeah, that is the logic. If you have, but you still need to sit down and and consider it, and you see that the logic actually is the opposite, because what happens is this: uh, someone imports a product. At, at the cost, right? When that person imports the product, then he ships it into the country, right? Mm-hmm. What would what would normally happen is that first let's say at the, at the beginning, first of will sell the product at its lowest price, right? To cut out this guy coming from 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 the cost. Then the the person from the cost decides, I'm going to sell my product only at the cost because I'm being cut out, right? And what you are, you are going to end up with inland, you are going to have a shortage of product. And if you've got a shortage of product, it will eventually have a, an effect of driving the prices up. And then what you are going to end up with is high, very high prices in, inland, and then that will then incentivize the guys at the cost to send, to, to send the product inland. And you 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 might even end up with a situation where the prices are even higher than when you've got a regulated environment, which says we consider it to to, to have imported this product, and this is so much that that, that you you can sell it because that comes. Sassol's uh, situation has got a benefit for them in an, in terms of the the geographical their geographical location, which is an economic principle that normally would hold wherever you go in the, in, in the world.
0: All right. I want to bring in our listeners now, 891 And we are speaking this morning to Mr. Avafani Shifularo from uh, SAPIA, the uh, South African Petroleum Industry Association, as well as uh, from the Department of Energy, uh, Mr. Muzi Mkize. Let's go to Mohammed in Middleburg. Thanks for your patience, Mohammed.
3: Uh, no problem. Can Hi, uh, Sakina.
0: I would like to ask you guys, can you hear me? We can hear you clearly, Mohammed. Okay, I'd like to
3: ask you guys: Hasn't oil been found on the coast of Namibia? And forget uh, forget the importing from the Middle East. Isn't there also oil fields in the DRC and other na- other African countries?
0: And and and, and uh, the question you're asking, Mohammed, is whether we could White
3: import from there instead of the Middle East because isn't transport like at least quarter of the fuel cost?
0: Okay, got you. Thank you, you. Mohammed. And uh, th- then uh, we've got uh, Timothy calling from Brackenfell. Good morning, Timothy. Hi, uh, Sakina. Good morning. Hi. Yes,
3: uh, Sakina. I just want to ask your guest. Uh, um, is it so able to, to um, make a oil out of a
1: coal? My question is that because because as far as I know,
3: if uh, but I stand to be corrected. Uh, Sasson is able to extract oil out of a coal. And if that can be possible, or if it is happening, then why is it that we still have to depend on this crude oil? Because the moment it goes up, we, we are affected, I mean to say. You see? And then the other issue, the bio-oil. If we have the
1: companies that are able to make bio-oil, why are we still also depending on crude oil? Because South Africa is able, has capabilities to do their, oil, their own, like own diesel You know, we are able to do our own petrol. Why
0: are we still depending on OPEC? Okay. That's my question. Timothy, I've got you. I suspect both questions have been answered, but we'll just reiterate them for you. So uh, just keep listening. Let's go to Dave in King Williamstown. Good morning, Dave.
3: Yeah, good morning, Sakina. Thank you for my call. You're welcome. Um, yeah, most of the question that I wanted to ask has been answered, but I'm not so clear about Sassol. Because um, Sassol, I don't know whether the government subsidizes um, Sassol. Because they are spending a lot of money on them, and I don't think the population is benefiting from SASO. All
0: right. We'll get some clarity on that one once again. Thank you so much, Dave. Colin, you calling from Naisna. Good morning.
3: Thank you very much indeed. I, I'm very surprised that the question of biofuels hasn't been pursued earlier because it's been under discussion for a tremendous long time. Uh, in uh, Brazil, of course, they use uh, biofuel, and, uh, that, which is ethanol, and uh, I have heard that they can do it because they've got a, a good rainfall. Natal has a great rainfall. It also grows sugar cane, and they can produce it. It's, and they won't be uh, reinventing the wheel. Uh, cane spirit fuel was available in Natal for years and years. And all the days that I lived in, in Natal, we used to fill, fill up with stuff called Union Spirit made locally, and I believe that the cost couldn't have been exorbitant. Prior to that, I would like to, to know from your guests whether they ever heard of Satmar. When I was a youngster, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, no longer a youngster, I recall that they had had a company near uh, Benoni called Satmar, and I think it was a South African turbanite uh, 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 company, and they produced a, a fuel, I understand, from uh, from turbinite, as I said. All I right. look forward to their answers. Thank we'll you. We'll get
0: some answers for you. Thanks so much. Colin, Mfundo in Pretoria, good morning.
3: Good morning, Zakina. How are you? Well, and you? Zakina, I've just got uh, one or two questions. Firstly, at some point, I think
2: two, three years back or four, if I'm not mistaken, there was a project that was being talked about or being planned for Sassol to build a refinery in Lepalale or somewhere, and that project was shelved. I would like to know from your guest was it shelved because of government being the stumbling block from Sa- to Sasol
1: or was it from Sasol side?
0: Okay, Second- Umfundo, I'm going to ask you to hold. Maybe we can just get an answer in case you have a follow-up question to that because I'm not familiar with that particular uh, situation. So uh, maybe we can get an answer to that uh, from our guest. Uh, the Lepalale project, uh, Mr. Mkize?
1: Yeah, the Le Palare project was uh, dubbed uh, the Mafuta project by Sasol, uh, where they were looking at um, uh, an additional coal to liquid uh, fuel plant uh, uh, there. Uh, it did not um, uh, take off uh, because, not. I wouldn't say that because Sasol decided to stop it or the government. government really, did all it could to assist, but there are just uh, realities that we needed to face. One is the water demand, all right? Some of the things that can't have the water demand in that area. Two, there are environmental issues, because there's a lot of emission of carbon dioxide from um, a coal to liquids plant, and that uh, alone... um, it's it's a, in this in the in this disposition or in this in this, uh, in this period where there is a lot of pressure to comply environmentally and ensure that we do not add to the challenge of global warming. Uh, that was one one major concern. And then when you look at the project, you like it's like it's like building a, a new secunda. That there is also infrastructure that is required to look at uh, as a uh, support um, infrastructure around the plant. So that would, would also add a lot on the cost. So the cost of doing uh, that, also uh, embarking on that project was uh, problematic.
0: So it was shelved in answer to Mfundo's question um, after government's uh, due diligence study that it was not feasible.
1: Not after government, because it was not a government project. It was Sassol's project, and government was assisting as much as it could.
0: So whose decision was it uh, to actually show?
1: It's a decision of of Sassol to say we're not going ahead with this because it's not going to make financial sense for us.
0: Okay. And uh, Mfundo, does that answer your question? And what was your other question?
1: I think I'm
3: answered. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Mfundo. Um, I just want to come back to some of the other questions that were raised. Uh, Colin uh, raised the issue of uh, biofuels, ethanol, and uh, looking at uh, sugar canes and uh, those plantations and what those products could be used for. And um, he mentioned the example of what was happening in KwaZulu-Natal some years ago when he was there. Um, uh, Let's talk about that very briefly. Mr. Shifularo?
2: Um, I'll just take some of the questions mm-hmm. maybe from your listeners. Um, um, the question on biofuels and some kids will deal with that because they are driving that on behalf of the the government and uh, industry. Um, first question on Mahomet. I think we did explain right from the beginning, I think it was in your intro, that I mean there is a... Um, uh, importation of crude oil that comes from African countries. Uh, we are probably, I mean, probably standing at 43% in total of that comes from African countries. Uh, so Middle East, I mean, uh, share of the total portion has been coming down, particularly uh, after uh, we stopped importing crude oil from Iran. That has come down, but it has increased a little bit, I mean, imports for, of crude oil from Saudi Arabia. But in the main, if you look at, uh, let's say, 1994 and compared to today, like how much we have been importing from, I mean, other African countries, probably in 1994 we were standing at less than 7%, but today we are standing at uh, 43% of crude oil coming from African countries. Um, I think I mean, the discovery uh, in Mozambique is mainly gas, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I know, and I'm sure the people who are interested I mean, in that, they will be to their possibility of buying gas from Mozambique, but there uh, is still a long way to go.
0: And, and, that, and, and still on that score, what about the reliance of our neighbours for their fuel uh, supply from South Africa? How is that impacting on this entire situation?
2: Well, most of our neighboring countries, I mean, particularly if you are looking at Botswana, Lesotho, Swaziland and Namibia, they are looked at, I mean, by the uh, South African suppliers as part of their customers here. So when they plan for their customers in South Africa, they also cater for them. But also, some of the neighboring countries, they are starting to diversify their sources of supply. Uh, For instance, if you look at uh, in Switzerland, there's more and more product that comes from uh, Mozambique. And uh, I know like Botswana is looking at various ways of also trying to reduce the dependence on supply from South Africa. But there are countries that have got no choice. For instance, a country like Lesotho, which is like landlocked, and uh, they don't have like means of uh, really doing anything except to rely on South Africa.
0: All right, and then and I just want to come back to, and I said we had answered these questions, but perhaps uh, just to reiterate, because there's still um, a bit of haziness around the role of Cecil, and of course the issue of uh, the reliance on uh, biofuels, for example. Uh, some of the questions raised by Timothy, Dave, as well as Colin, um, Mr.
1: Mchize. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for those questions. Um, let me. First of all, start off with this issue of tur- turbanite. Then I'll come to that quickly. Mm-hmm. Turbanite, um, turbanite uh, uh, I do. Uh, we do appreciate that you can get the crude oil from turbanite. You can get crude, but what is what what is happening at Sasol? Actually, they are just doing the process quicker by wow. having taking the coal and. And gasifying it, and then you get the gas, and then they 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 clean the gas as syn gas they they make the the, the gas then there are the reactions for it to produce chem, petrochemicals as well as 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 fuel. but when it comes to the issue of turbinite as such cef uh, which is a a a, a state owned company under the the shareholding by the department of nh has looked at the issues of turbinite and did some trials. But uh, the challenge here has always been around the, the economic value as well as the energy value, the energy, the amount of energy you put in to get that uh, crude out of the coal versus the, the energy that you get at the end of the day. So there have been those challenges. That is why it has not taken off. When it comes to biofuels, um, as i said earlier on, the biofuels, the issues all around um, the... The financial viability of these projects, we have uh, tried, as government, to assist by having uh, uh, regulations that um, will make it compulsory or obligatory for all companies to blend if there are biofuels that are made locally. So, in other ways, to ensure that there is a captive market for biofuel manufacturers. The licensing for biofuel manufacturers is going ahead, but the issue that we are now need to finalize is the issue of the subsidy mechanism. That subsidy mechanism we've worked on and um, we're at the final stages of, of that process. The challenge is that the process will have to go via cabinet, and because it's a cabinet process, I don't want to go at, at length in terms of what needs to be done. The other challenge that we faced with this uh, by fuse was that we formed a fuse um, implementation committee, which um, is chaired by the department, and involve all the industry players, as well as uh, 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 Transnet as a a logistic company in this regard. Uh, We had a a setback in the the sense that um, uh, the oil companies withdrew, citing that uh, they are are concerned that they could be uh, deemed to be flouting or or contravening uh, competition laws. And we had an engagement with the Competition Commission to try to resolve that. And yes. we are uh, hoping that we are going to get back to the table so that we can have a collective discussions to look at the practicalities. Because it doesn't have to have laws or regulations that cannot be uh, uh, practicable. you know, Because we can have all of these things, put these things out, and still we, we don't get people uh, constructing biofuels plant. We We did have a, a, a biodiesel where, where we had a accelerated depreciation as an incentive as an incentive together with a reduced uh, uh, fuel levy. but still people did not engage in mm. that because it was still not economically viable for them, and they, can, they could still get a better price for biofuel i mean by, the, the, the the oil cake going to the food market than going the biodiesel route. We are uh,
0: running out of time here. Uh, Temba and Umlungisi, we apologize that we couldn't get to your calls. Temba wanted to talk about Sassel uh, and Sassel uh, not investing in South Africa, but rather in the US. And Umlungisi wanted to talk about uh, policies uh, surrounding this particular matter. So um, unfortunately, we couldn't take those. Uh, just a quick comment here from Facebook. Um, Euclid Malesa says, I heard recent reports about two months ago that there had been groundbreaking fuel discovery right here on our shores. From a much esteemed source, uh, could you perhaps verify that maybe we don't have to rely on fuel imports anymore, but on our own fuel, which makes it somewhat more of an alternative source? And uh, Mohale Mampuru says in 2020, the USA is going to be exporting oil and gas before uh, because of fracking and South Africa must encourage fracking right now. That is unfortunately what we have time for. Thank you so much to our guests this morning, Mr. Avafani uh, Shifularo, who is the Executive Director at uh, the South African Petroleum Industry Association, as well as Mr. muzium Kize, Chief Director of the Hydrocarbons Policy at the Department of Energy. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much,